like it's gonna be two hours of uh, and when the podcast comes out, it's three smooth. minutes of just smooth. Like, I'm gonna make it hit, then take a hit. Your audio is really good. Crispy, like bits nice, I, I think it's because my sex is so good. No doubt, you do have a good voice. Are you wanting to get started? Yeah, 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 this is good because it's like it's not too close and it's gonna force me to actually speak clearly, you know, and la- and enunci- you know, loudly and enunciate. Because it's like, if it's coming up good, that means I'm in like the good range and we should definitely start because I'll just start dicking around if you give me any more time. I'm like, actually, I could be... All right, we're starting. All right, ASA Detroit, I'm the host, uh, Mark. Uh, we'll introduce our guest, our one guest today. Very excited about this. Go ahead, sir, introduce yourself. I'm John Campbell, comedian John Campbell. I'm, I'm the one guest today we're supposed to bring a comedy friend and i chose as a wild card i chose my comedy friend to be a guy you may have heard of called mark molig thank you so. malig technically it's oh, me sh- no it's te- <laughs> he's, he's my best friend in the whole world i know everything about him especially how to pronounce his name malig um that's funny that's really funny um i so you've you've been i've, I've always impressed by uh like how, you've been around for a while. Like you've been doing this. You've been in the game for a long time. I actually invented stand up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in Detroit, no one had tried it north of the uh, the uh, Ohio River. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, how long you been in, man? Uh, actually, not that long. Uh, I started in 2014. So whatever. Okay. That like, I think that's that's almost 10 years, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's 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 now more than eight, but that's not, significant. That's that's a significant amount of time. I'm coming up on nine because like it would be in August. So August is when my calendar starts over. So I think come August I can be like, oh, I'm beginning year nine, which so, is exciting. Yeah, it's very exciting because I, I I mean just I've only been doing it for almost four, and I kind of feel like I've seen, you know, you I've seen people start and they go, you know, they get that first year of enthusiasm, mm-hmm. and then you know, maybe, uh, uh, you know, like two, you know, year two. And then I've seen some people fall off. So like, when have you seen you? So like people that in your, in your peer group that you started with, are they like a lot of them still around or have a lot of them decided not to do it anymore? I don't think I have a peer group and it may be because a lot of them decided not to do it anymore. Yeah. Um, but I do distinctly know and recognize classes just, behind and ahead of me where the class just before i started i would consider like brett mercer brett hayden yeah uh although sometimes it's hard to know who had just started there so like you know people told me they just started them but yeah. actually been doing it for like 10 years already yeah, or yeah, something. yeah, yeah. that's a uh, trick but brett mercer and brett hayden i feel like i was genuinely like started like so quickly after yeah. them where they'd been doing it for like a couple months or something. Yeah. And then I started. Uh, and so I, I, I'm i just like the two Bretts. And I was like, I just remember too. It was like that, that they were both named Brett. One had one T, one had two T's. Yeah. <laughs> and that they'd started like a month before me. And they, they would like, were pretty cool, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very cool. Or whatever. Um, They're both so nice. They're both. I, I had Brett Hayden on. And then we were supposed to have Brett Mercer on. And it was a day of the... Uh, Big snow. It was a snowstorm, like a couple, a couple, uh, like like a month ago. But he he's like really nice. He's very friendly. He was one of those guys. Um, I'm starting to get to know Brett Hayden a little bit now. But Brett Mercer, I kind of hung out more in the Detroit area ish. And Brett Mercer was always. I remember, uh, like right off the bat, he uh, 
was, I was he was like, oh hey, you're the this guy, or like you're the teacher guy. I had said a joke about teacher, and he, you know, I had done a couple stupid. Let it rip. Shout out to Brett Mercer. This is his thing. At the, <laughs> he always opens the beer on mic. Shout out to Brett Mercer. That was my Shout idea. out to Brett Mercer. I know we're. T- I'm interrupting you. No, probably a nice story about him. It is he saved your mom or something. I'm like, she also does a joke about beer. That is true. But no, he was just nice. He like acknowledged my existence. You know, yeah. it was like cool. It was, I thought it was nice. I always think about this. This is like when I first started comedy. I'd like Brett Mercer was at one of the like the third mic I ever went to and I was like so I'd been watching Trailer Park Boys I'm like have you ever seen Trailer Park yeah. Boys like yeah and I'm like yeah Trailer and it was like that's, that was like our whole interaction and I always wondered you know like how that came came off at the other end you know where it's like I can't believe he's been like chill and cool to me yeah. the whole time because I just I feel like I, I like I, it wasn't in my lexicon to say cringe back then but if it was oh boy <laughs> I'd been like, yeah. <laughs> my my early, one of my earliest memories you because you were kind of around in the same area that I was like coming up and I could tell that you had done it for a long time but it was a mic at uh, I can't remember the bar but it was like in the back room and I remember there was like there was like six people in the room there was it was all comics and uh it, you just like I, you know I had gone up and done horrific you know right I mean it was, no one was paying attention and also I was like super bad so it was like a bad combination because you just started at this time or well i'm also still pretty bad but it's also because i just started two weeks ago and you're like yeah because i just started yeah no as i just started but uh uh like you went up there and you look like so comfortable and you just like had a good time like you're just like having a good time that's incredible to me because i never have a good time really like i mean like obviously i love doing well and a lot of times especially when it's like you're describing when it seems like a not good situation yeah. and i do well i will kind of have a good time because i'm like wow this is so surprising yeah. and delightful and whatnot but there's also times when it's also in that situation and i'm doing well and i'm just still kind of not that, like usually i'm not doing that well yeah. when i'm not having a good time but like I think there's a lot of times where people will tell me that I did well afterwards yeah. and I'm like, are you kidding? Like I was so yeah. like, not only did I bomb, but I was like very angry <laughs> and I did a bad job where I never like to tip my hand when I'm angry at the audience for real. Yeah. And I'm like, and I, I did the thing, you know, I, I, I let them know that I was angry for real. And, and then sometimes people are like, Oh, you know, I thought that was like, what do you I, get angry about? You know, just kind of like, this is so ridiculous. It's not ridiculous. I, I love and hate watching the comics before me. And then it's like, especially if they laugh at things where I'm like, not only is that like borderline racist or whatever, but I'm like, but that's like a thing that's like done to death where I'm like, yeah. there's been a million different versions of that. I can't believe that you think this is like, you'll laugh at anything. It's just, you yeah. know, like the oldest jokes in the world you're laughing at. And then I go up and then like, don't crush or by the same token if i do crush then i'm like oh no i'm like this <laughs> like you can't win in that situation yeah and so it's like i'm always kind of, but like the, the i think it's because it's what the problem is is oh no no the, I, the problem I, yeah. is being from here everyone's so good here and from my even though i don't go to la and don't want to go to la or new york from the impression I get, even compared to places like that, we're so ridiculously good really? on average here more than like anywhere else that I'm just kind of used to seeing cutting edge comedy. Yeah. And 
I'm used to seeing people bomb a lot because they're trying some like crazy shit in my head is what yeah. normally happens. And so when I see people go up bombing or not doing stuff that I consider like really easy or like basic and kind of pointless, I get like not just like mad at, at like, I, like I, 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 I know how because like comedy's hard and whatever. I'm not like mad at the individual person, but just I mad at the situation where I'm like, oh no, we've kind of curated this thing where audiences expect this thing, yeah. and this is like a new audience, and they don't. This is like a different thing where they're expecting like this kind of garbagey yeah. whatever. Um, I have a question. All right, so if you're at open mic, okay, I would never do that, but okay, go all on. right, all right. <laughs> if you're at an open mic and you you have a very distinguished, you go, ha. Is that a compliment yeah. or is that a diss? It's I have 27 patented laughs that are all uncontrollable to me like and every one of them I hate so much not because like I'm self-conscious about them but because I know that so many people know all of my different Wait, that's laughs. a real laugh. Oh yeah. Okay, so in my head I thought it was like you're just kind of sitting there paying attention just listening to jokes and if you thought like one was good You'll just go like an acknowledgement. You'll go, ha! I mean, that's kind. Of, that's basically what's happening. But it it, it is a real laugh. It's an uncontrolled, that's a, uncontrolled response. That's insane to me. And it happens. It happens in those situations because no one else is laughing. So it would be like, I'm not like, I'm not the type of autistic where I would like go against the room when no yeah. one's laughing at anything and just have a full long hearty laugh, yeah. even if I really like it. But I'm also not a monster is, yeah. is my thing, you know, where I'm like, I'm not going to stifle a laugh, but when you're in that situation, I don't stifle it. So it comes out. But then like when I hear it against everything, there's no way to continue it beyond the one ha, just ha. <laughs> so that's like, a, so it's, it's a good thing. If yeah. That, it's a good thing. But sometimes just like uh, even my real genuine laughs, I might be laughing because I'm like, oh, I was once as naive as oh, to think a no. thing like that would work. It's so not you all, don't know. So, I mean, for any laugh, you don't, you know, but just the same thing as for any time any comic laughs. I'm never, I'm always very like paranoid because I'm like, they could have just been in these shoes before oh. and been like, you know, that's funny. I used to think those type of bits were worth you banging your head against oh, the wall man. for. But that's, that's very rare for me because I am, especially right now, doing things and I've always done things stupidly different. Yeah, you most do. People. You do. You and do. Like mo- mostly to my own detriment, but when it works, it, everyone's like, "Oh wow!" I, I would never think. I'm like, "Of course, you would never think to do that." You try it. What makes sense? If I were, to, <laughs> how would, okay, like let's say you were uh, introducing yourself, not you, right? How would you describe your comedy? Like, what is the like? Uh, I, actually, this is an interesting thing. So I was talking to uh, Brett and Lewis. Yeah. And they were saying around like year ten, you kind of find your. I love you know, that. I, I, I your assume voice. you're talking about Louis D. Michael because I've yeah. never heard anyone call him Lewis. And I because I listened to your podcast yeah. before. Yeah, I like. Yeah, those guys are both really cool. Yeah, but, but they said like, um, "What is your voice? What is your voice?" Yeah. Oh yeah, like well, that's that's a thing that's that's came into play kind of recently more, but there's also been a part of it that's always been there from the very beginning, which isn't what they tell you. Like they're like, oh, you got to go find your voice and whatever. I mean, there's some schools of thought that are more like how it happened for me where they're like, oh, it's always there and you got to unlock or discover your voice, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but it's, it's the same voice as always. And for me, I think a huge part of that that was very obvious was 
ooh, nice. <laughs> and see, if it wasn't me, some other guy might not have said, ooh, nice. He'd have just burped and laughed and that'd be it. But I knew yeah. I'd go, ooh, nice, right? Because I am, uh, for better or worse, Mr. Take a Sledgehammer to the fourth wall. Uh, yeah. Very much too, because I already knew who Andy Kindler was and I'd seen how- Who's he, Andy Kindler? Ooh, you should uh, check uh, him out yeah, when I will you get check a chance. He's a comedian who does- just for last Montreal every year, he does the state of the industry address. Okay. Uh, very funny. He also wrote the Hack Handbook, which nice. is horrifically applicable today. Still, yeah. um, he would probably add a couple things about like internet, but like, oh, like one of the the main things in there in the chunks is like, uh, oh no, I'm not going to say no, no, it say, it, say it, say it, no, 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 I, because I, I, I don't, I don't. Like unless I would only say it if I want to go pull it up. Okay. It's just like it's so good the way it is, and I don't want anyone listening to this, especially because there's a lot of comics. I'm sure. Yeah. If, no offense, if your listenership is probably at ninety percent or better <laughs> comics, and that's yeah. being generous. <laughs> some, <laughs> some relatives. <laughs> some relatives. <laughs> like it's like, uh, yeah, that the hacks handbook is very much worth looking so at. So that's a good it's thing. Like to, two yeah. pages. There. Oh, it's only two pages. Yeah, it's two pages long, and that's why I was like, oh, it's pointless of me to like quote yeah. it poorly. Yeah. Um, but it's like so many applicable things and different formulas and whatever. But his stuff, he's always breaking fourth wall. Uh, and he says he genuinely has bad hearing and can't hear the laughter. And so it's like, well, you hate this, you hate this. Like sometimes yeah. when they're laughing, and that yeah. happens to me though. But it's not necessarily that I can't hear that they're laughing. I'm just such a horribly temperamental person and like especially the more personal that i get with stand-up that i'm like i feel very weird about it just in like i'm a very like like people think people think i i, I talk about how temperamental i am on stage yeah but it's really exactly as temperamental as i am in real life you yeah. know uh i'm just as quick to actually i mean but not, i don't know no, it's, it's, it, I, I would say this. It, it, it always was like very apparent to me. And I remember the exact situation when I was like, whoa, this guy's like thinking about it on a whole different level. Because, I mean, at least for me, I'm in a stage where, uh, man, I probably hit some of those hacky things, I bet. Because I'm just trying to like find, you know, like I find some things that make people laugh and then I try to build off that. And I'm not really too concerned at this point. I, I mean, as long as it's like an original thought, right? As long as it's an original thought and then you know, we'll go from there, right? We'll go from there. But I could tell you were thinking, you think of comedy on a very different level when we were talking about the roast. And the roast to me, to me, was like a survival exercise. Like I was like the first thing that came to my head that had a premise and a punchline. At some point, I didn't even care if, it, if I thought I was going to like laughs. As long as like the structure was there, I was like writing it down. And me and you got to the finals and you won, right? You did an amazing job, very good job. I think I, I had ran out of juice. I had nothing by that point. And, uh, you know, we had, like, talked after, and I, and I had, like, said this and this. And then you went on to, like, something that happened, like, three rounds ago, and it was, like, a joke, and you were, like, breaking it down why it was, like, not a very good roast and all the, like, 20 reasons why and, like, all the backstory on roasting and, and, and the backstory on that person and the backstory on the other person. And, and it was, like, oh, wow. Like, you're, like... You're like thinking, thinking. So impressive. It was like impressive. Thank you. I definitely am glad that I won that roast because I don't really like doing roasts. Yeah. But I do know that that's something that I was able to do. But I kind of think it, like, and so I was glad because it gave myself an excuse because I was filling in for someone and it was like, and I said, I'm going to not, not try. Yeah. Uh, but I 
don't like being unkind. And so... Uh, I think you can do a roast and not be unkind. Well, I think... And I think I somewhat was kind of close to that goal, but it's like I'm not really there yet to be able to totally roast. What, what I did, the compromise that I made for myself, I'll tell you, at that night was, okay, it's a roast, right? And this is very like, like you're saying, you're like, oh, your survival instincts yeah. and all this stuff. I'm like, I got to give it all my all. Um, but it's a roast of comedians watched by people who were, because they were real audience members, tons of real audience members who were friends, comedians there. But mostly they didn't know all of us. And if they yeah. knew us, they knew one person and that was it. Yeah. And so I told myself that it was going to be, I wasn't going to, because I was like, too, there's like a lot of weird like, oh, this person looks like a pedophile. Yeah. This person looks gay. Yeah. This one was like, or like they're black or whatever. And it's like, oh, the, you, you know, you but like have bad credit. Like we're like, what the, f-? like, yeah. but it was since it was roast, kind of people were like, yeah, like yeah. a lot of that stuff was doing really well. Even, st- even people who kind of weren't that type of hacky slash almost like bigoted were doing jokes like that just to, you know, and I and it wasn't, wasn't mad at them. You know, I could just see that like it wasn't hate that they were just like, I need something. Whoa. You need something so you go and to like the lowest hanging fruit possible. And sometimes it would really work too. It does work. You know? It does work. And, and, and so it's like, yeah. okay, okay, I'm not obviously going to do that, but what I will now, do. Why, okay, now you say I'm obviously not going to do that. Why would you draw the line at that? Oh, because of how I do comedy and consider art. I don't really care what other people, do. I'm not like trying to gatekeep what other people's art is, but I do have a very limited amount of time and resources and energy of my own self to commit to stuff. And so the only art that matters to me is art that's able to communicate things that you wouldn't be able to communicate if it wasn't for art. Ooh. And so like that's, 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 cool. that's a very fun, cool part of art and the history of art, but just the way the world works, it's always actually been a relatively small part of it because even when stuff's like that seems like it's that, it's probably stuff that's fine because most art requires a sponsor of some type, a patron. Yes. And so it's like someone with money is okay with this. And most of the stuff they're not allowed to say is about the people with money. And so it's like if a person with money was okay with it, it probably just seems like it's critical of the person with money yeah, and yeah. secretly makes them look good or secretly paints the pictures so hopeless that you mm-hmm. never get, you never do some actually like scary to them. Yeah. And so I don't like think that that's the only type of art that there is. There's so much art and like art that serves a super good purpose and even could serve that same purpose. Yeah. But for me, since I know that there's lots of art that's kind of like that, that's what's like way super exciting to me. That's the stuff that I kind of like tend to put more attention towards when I'm, you know, checking out other people's stuff. And when I get vocal or like when it gets hard to support someone, that's the person I'll support over someone who's just like, oh, they're just a really good artist. Cause I'm like, oh, well, they'll always have someone to take care of them. They're good at the art, but the the other person maybe even is not as good, but they're trying to do something more like that couldn't be done any other way. I'm like, well, let's see how this pans out. You know, I'd kind of almost rather see bad stuff that's actually throwing something on the line versus really Mm. good stuff. That's kind of milk toast and whatever. So it's like, oh, even if this works, it's not gonna, it's not gonna be fun for me to do that. So I'm like, it's gotta be fun for me. So if I'm hearing you correctly, you enjoy, as far as like art con- is concerned, you enjoy someone like trying, like try, like uh, uh, trying something, like finish the word, like for me, like, like you don't want to see necessarily someone that is like accepted as good or even maybe exceptionally like talented. That's not really your concern. What you enjoy is the process of someone trying something new or cutting edge 
or like even that word cutting edge, I don't think I'm even saying the right word. But like, it's something like that where yeah. it's, but I would say more like previously thought impossible. Yeah. Where like not just new, but kind of like, like, like I'm, now that I know you're editing I, I, and I want to be precise with the words, I would say mine. I yeah. edit that out, obviously. You yeah, know, but like <laughs> that's you know, that's yeah. not, but there's got to be. It'll a be a mind. It'll be a mind, and then silence, and then some laughing by me. Yeah, but something that act, actually reorganizes the. Yeah, way you that's think. a great word. That's a great word. Reorganizes belief is a great word. That's a great word. And so, yeah, I told myself I wouldn't do anything that that was. So it's like in my head, stuff that's like totally uh, racist or homophobic or. Yeah just completely ableist i guess because those were the yeah. main things it was like and that wasn't even really even though it's kind of like oh this is kind of a greasy thing i was like that's why i don't like roast too because i'm like in addition to me being mean that's not how i mean but other people are being mean with that and so I'm like my own demons are kind of more just being mean in general and because like i think it comes pretty naturally to me are you a, are you a rehabilitated mean person no i still am mean but i'm just like <laughs> very like <laughs> <laughs> So I'm you just don't quiet. like being mean, but you're mean. Because there's a lot of utility to it and because it's necessary a lot of times, especially for, you know, as I'm learning different things about myself, I'm like, oh, great. Another thing where it's, I mean, like, I guess yeah. good because I'm already so mean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's, so it's like, I, I'm glad that I've already built up this, undes- like, not, to me, it's an undesirable skill to be cultivating. Yeah. Um, and that's why it's like, oh, I don't, don't like the roast. But I just said, oh, you know what I, I can do? I'm going to focus on what people look like so everyone knows what's going on. No one's left in the dark. Yeah. And I'm going to allow myself to be as hacky as I want, like ha- not doing those things, but yeah, like yeah. other, like where I'm, I'm not going to worry about it. So it's like, cause I, I, people need to get the joke right away. I've got like 10 seconds. I yeah. can't be like changing the way people think about, <laughs> <laughs> about making fun of the person. Yeah. But what, you know, honestly, I'm talking all this good shit, but. The first round, the guy who went against me brought like a million people, and he stupidly wore a stupid vineyard. I guess you have to edit all this out because I'm, so, I'm so angry that I can't take full credit for it. Because yeah. it's like he's wearing the lanyard, and I come up there and I, I, I didn't. What was even, the joke? What was the joke? I said, "Hey, you know, I, I really think that you should give this battle to me right away, so that he can go back to his job at the assistant manager at Best Buy." <laughs> He still got his lanyard. So everyone laughs. And then I said he still got the lanyard. I was like, oh. Yeah, yeah, But like, yeah. E- yeah, everyone lost their shit at the lanyard part, right? Yeah. But no one as much as his friends. Mm-hmm. Where I can tell that he betrayed their trust. Why? Why? Because they, all of them, they're good friends. And they were like, don't you dare go on stage with that stupid <laughs> thing with your keys like you what what, are you janitor what do you need to unlock yeah yeah um and so that like and then like too that kind of like shook him for like because he had a response after that and i could see him instead of thinking of his response looking at his friends like with his arms like this like i'm holding my arms out to my side for the yeah we don't have cameras in here no no cameras so for everyone (laughs) i'm holding my arms out to the side you know, hands up like what's going on yeah basically questioning his friends and then he kind of realizes oh everyone's looking at me for to say the thing and it's like uh you bleh, 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 yeah, bleh. He's done, man. and literally had so like is missing uh, one third of his chances to be in this thing yeah and so 
definitely after that. And it's like his friend group was one of the biggest groups there that night. So yeah. I so I went from having no support there to the biggest he support his, group. He stole his crew. And every every thing I was not everything it was, but like yours and ours was kind of close. There's a bunch of ones that yeah. were kind of close to like yeah. take it to the audience. And it's like and it definitely helped too from the people who didn't know when I looked cool as a cucumber when they said take it to the audience. I'm like, yes, please take it to the audience. Yeah, yeah. I'm just yeah. like, oh, look at this cocky. Like, no, I've stacked the deck and yeah. I didn't even do it. You yeah. Know? Also, too, I think in a roast, I, at least for me, like when someone is like someone says a great joke with no, you can tell there's no like real hate behind it. Oh, it makes it even better because some people do like you can tell like it's it, 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 the people that maybe don't have a, a, a lot of experience with the roast. They'll get roasted. And really, I think the best you can do is a roast. If it's a great roast, is just like just be a fan and laugh at it. And just enjoy it, right? But when you like come back and then you try to be like me, it's just it's like sad. It gets like ugly, sad. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, John Tut and Cliff Demarco went first. Yeah, and they both had been doing a podcast together and had spent so much time right before that hanging out yeah. with each other, where they were like peas in a pod. They were almost like family, even though they weren't related. Yeah, and they went up there. And said things that I imagine were horribly mean. <laughs> but no one n- knew for sure aside from their tone. That's why it's like yeah. the, the context clues make it impossible to guess anything else other than them being viciously mean. Yeah. But they were all so personal. It was hard to be sure if it was too much. Yeah. Because we didn't really know the people involved or what, you know, yeah. what his brother or like. It was just yeah. like, wow, they were all like. And, and two, it was just kind of like them going first which was not you know like set the tone man set the tone but it was like it was that that that's what solidified too where i was like oh i'm just gonna do what people look like yeah and, and allow myself to be happy which is like kind of like normally i wouldn't do that but i'm like no this is just so it's there but like also like you said kind of it does help and this is don rickles was like this he was always worried about people being having a bad time or being like so offended that they got sad yeah or thought he didn't like them uh that he actually didn't have malice in it and all the people that he roasted were his friends, like stupid old, delete that in case Paul Pipitone is listening, stupid old Frank Sinatra. You don't ever, <laughs> with Italian people listening, say stupid That's funny. Frank Sinatra. But I just couldn't remember his name. This was like, ah, oh, stupid old, what's his name? Uh, Frank Sinatra. That, you yeah. know, he actually loved Frank Sinatra and Frank loved him yeah, too because no one else had the balls to say anything to Frank and he's saying horrible things, yeah. but only because he knows him so well and he know that Fra- Frank will actually enjoy him being yeah. mean. Um, that's why I was like a, a lot of them I framed as trying to be like not mean. Yeah. And so yeah. that was another kind of like, I felt hacky thing that I was doing, but I'm like, I have to not win this, but I was like, I have to give it my best to win this. Yeah. Um, I love those things actually. They're, they're one of my favorite. I think it's a great exercise in joke writing. Well, I like that part of it. And that's another reason why I can do it really good is I love something where it's like, no, right now, like mm-hmm. come up with boom, 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 boom. Like short form improv is another thing that I, I, Oh no, stand ups are listening to this. I shouldn't admit. I just did hip prov. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You should check that out. Yeah, yeah. That's that that's exactly the type of um, you know, short form improv that I'm yeah. talking about where it's like like sometimes it actually is really fun, but it's like because you know, like forcing you to to to, to Yeah. Certain restrictions artistically can set you free. Oh yeah. And so like that that's why you know, I'd, I'd, like I wasn't worried about the like, oh, everyone's saying uh things that are 
ableist or racist or whatever, you know, like not, I'm not like judging them, but there's yeah. things that they said by themselves. Absolutely. I'm judging. They were like, yeah. come on. Even they would like, you could see some people cringing when they were saying it. Yeah. And, and sometimes that even worked where people were like, yeah, it was so bad. He cringed. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. they were out for blood. No, um, for sure. That like, yeah, that stuff's, um, definitely, definitely, I totally got lost. That's there. fine. I do. I got. I got another question, man. So I see. Uh, so since you moved to Troy, right? Yeah. So me and you shared the Cave uh, Comedy. Cave Comedy. Yeah. Fired myself. You now run the whole thing. Yes. Nice. Now it is just me. That's Unless cool. Unless you want to come back. Uh, <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, I mean, it's hard for everyone to wake up on Sundays. That's when I'm like, if I you want to come back, that'd be great. I can wake up. I don't mind. The, that's a whole different discussion. And then I saw you start a show at uh, Clausen, uh, the barbecue place. Yes. Is that still going? That's still going, too. I bet you saw them knocking down the atomic chicken. That's all. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Are you going to put one there? No, I just like. They redid that. Uh, Repping Claus in here. Uh, small city, big heart. But um, so how are you liking the producing? Is that something you want to keep doing and keep building? Or like, how, like where, when did that start? And like, what was the thought behind starting to run some shows? I've been producing comedy shows almost as long as I've been oh, performing nice. comedy. Okay. And do you enjoy that? Absolutely not. <laughs> why? Okay, I have so many questions. First of all, sir, why did you start? Uh, for the same reason, kind of, I'm running these shows is that I saw that there was a need for stage time and a lack of people able or willing to make it happen. Okay, so you f- saw a need. All right. And then, so if you don't enjoy it, like what, what are you getting out of it that makes you keep coming back to it? Well, how about this? What do, you, what do you not enjoy about it? It'd be quicker to say what I do enjoy. All right, let's go. What do you, what do, you enjoy? I enjoy having influence over what's available to grow our scene. And stand-up is something you can't do in a vacuum you gotta have an audience mm-hmm. but like the type of audience you have influences the type of comedian you become i really believe mm. hard uh i don't travel much but i've done comedy in all the places that i go basically enough to know that i i refuse to believe any other then the environment you do comedy in shapes the comedian you become. Yeah. Some comedy podcast I was listening to where the, the comedian was saying that they actually felt that audiences should take great pride in the comics that they mold oh, and wow. in the role that they've played. I mean, if they turn out to be good, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I kind of believe that in a sense. And so when I'm able to positively change that environment and mm-hmm. make it more like, where I can kind of see more of the type of comedy I want to see, which is like, too, around here, I think I'm spoiled with that, too, where we've got more of that type of comedy that I like than anywhere else, doing it at a higher level than anybody else. And so when Why I... Why do you think Detroit's so good with that? Probably because we are overwhelmed with easy access to good stage time, but even our best stage time isn't really good stage time the way that other people have it other places like 
Ohio, Indiana, the Southwest, the South, uh, like not really the coast, but they'll have uh, a really good small scene where it's like better than ours in a sense. Okay, and what makes it better? They'll have more audiences at like mics, more audience okay. members, but it'll be smaller. They'll have less mics, but not met, like sometimes Cleveland is like better than us in that sense by a lot, but they won't be as good because their scenes are so much better. Like the shows are so much better here or there, there, not so much better, but it's like so much, like it's so much kind of the norm, the default that everything's just going to be this awesome show hey like it's like you imagine it on tv and stuff that they can develop some weird bad habits oh that we would never even start because are you saying because we like because maybe the quality of 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 not quality of show but like the the audience might be a little bit harder to reach so we got to like work harder and, and hone it better a little, well, a little bit that's like we're appreciating it because we have less access to it, but also just the audiences themselves tend to be more discerning. Part of it's because we have more shows because we're so big that we've like got, sounds crazy, open mic fans. I swear to God, that's a real thing it around is. here. It is. And. Cause we like, cause it's just so much that kind of like people know and like, and enjoy it. Cause like I said, it's like, we're weird where it's like our average person is good. A lot of good comics, man. Don't ever quote me saying that. Cause it's a hack. Open micers are going to be coming around here. Like, Oh, we're the average no, that's one true, of us man. is good. Like people always ask me when I, you know, some people that maybe don't know me or first and out, uh, maybe like someone at work, big, like, Oh, you do, I heard you do stand up comedy. Yeah. 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 Who's your favorite stand up comic. And like, I'm always like, you know, man, like, or did you see this or did you see that? And I was like, to be honest, like I could name you like my top five like local people. I can't wait to see. But as far as like my favorite like stamp, I feel like I'm watching like like stand up, and I could like name something I like from each person. Stephanie asked, was asking me this. I did her podcast, sanctioned by Stephanie. Sanctioned by Stephanie. But like, there's so much quality stand up in the area that I can like learn from, and I think is like really impressive and clever, and thinking things outside the box. And, like you said, like changing the way I'm looking at things. That I think like my favorite comedians are from around here at this point. Yeah, I mean, I would rather hear Josh Adams than Chris Rock. Okay. I mean, there were good parts of the Chris Rock special, but that was also had a lot of extra baggage to it. And no one asked my opinion on this, not even you at this podcast, but it didn't need to be live. That was, that didn't. Why do you think they did that? to To, to, to make it live, it's just make it an event, of, right? I mean, they're just yeah. trying to make an event, which I can't, I can't really hate on that. I mean, it, it was instead of like another stand-up special coming out on Netflix. I, I like, even people that I that I rarely hear talk about stand-up comedy are like, "Hey, are you going to watch the Chris Rock is coming out in a half hour? Are you going to watch?" So I, I, I kind of get it. Yeah, but he's Chris Rock. He doesn't need like a gimmick. And it was and like Brian Regan did it, and I and I watched that, and I was like, this didn't need to be live. Yeah. And then he did it. What um, would need to be live? Like it was so good, or like what would make it needed to be live? Probably just topical stuff, you know. Okay. <laughs> like there wasn't anything topical yeah. in the whole long, long Lord. That was long, wasn't it? How long was it? I, I got halfway through. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not like yeah. I just got, yeah. I, I mean, it, like I mean, I'm not even you know. It was just very long. I think it was an hour and a half. Here's here's which my was absurd. It was I I like in my 
first of all, by no means am I like a, a stand-up comedy like connoisseur. Like some people can like talk about jokes and specials, and you know they know like they're very very good at it. But like I do know a lot of like Chris Rock stuff from before, and like the tone and the pacing and the aggressiveness. And then I kind of saw you know like casually watch some of the stuff that maybe came out uh, in the last ten years, right? And it seemed like in this one he was trying to catch back on that tone and that pacing, you know, like back and forth across the stage and emphasis and the way he was like speaking. And it was like interesting to see because like that was like a, the energy of like a 19 year old kid or 20 year old kid is hard to like get that back in a bottle for a 50 year old dude. And it was, I mean, I enjoyed a lot of it, but it, that's just like something I, I, I noticed like just be yourself in who you are now. I don't know. Great outfit though. God, <laughs> I was a big fan of not just the tambourine, but his own extended cut of tambourine. Yeah. As much as everyone loves Bo Burnham, and I've enjoyed a lot of his weird songs. And yeah. Like, talking about stuff that's like, what the hell was that? I'm like, oh, that's definitely some stuff like that where you're like, yeah. I don't even, I can't even think properly sometimes after seeing Bo Burnham stuff. He directed Tambourine, which I watched and enjoyed the, his yeah. cut of it. But then when Chris Rock came out with his own cut, especially because the context for some of the longer bits was better. Yeah. I really liked it. And one of the things that I liked so much was it felt like finally a departure from what his thing was. Oh, okay. Where he was like, oh, I can not necessarily leave behind what I've been, but I can also kind of incorporate this into it, like right? Like pivot? Yeah. Yeah. Like age. Like, like just adjust as you become a different person. Or even like painting in color. Because to me, this last special, even though I was very not a fan of some of the stuff like the stuff that he would be like oh yeah it's because you're a woke whatever yeah. yeah sure like kind of what you're saying where you're like oh this is not woke to say this i'm like yeah but also wasn't funny you know yeah uh, but as much as like that was that i'd had legitimate gripes about that i'm actually more this is my personal thing and it's not because it was more offensive but it's just for my own stylistic preferences was more worried about the way that he did it like you're saying he was trying to return to his old form. did you feel that as well yeah, very okay. much so. And part of it, I think, was it was a live one. So it's like that probably happens all the time when you're high energy that sometimes you seem a little too manic. And it's like, but that's not the one that you release. This was live. He had no choice. Where it's he like, had no this choice. Is it. And so it's like, even though it was like almost as good as, as his best performance, that being just a little off is crazy to see, especially for so long. Uh, and too, because like I said, I just watched his cut of tambourine and you really like where it's that like, where like, yeah, where he can kind of actually tone it back a little bit and that actually gives him the range when he goes back to that. And so it's like, he comes and does this and it's like, oh no, 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 you've lost all your dynamic range. Now you're, you think you're yelling, but you've actually just gone to a very boring, quiet monotone oh, because wow. it's all yelling. None of it's yelling. There's a thing it's in the good. hospital yeah. where this is. The labs say this, and, and I and imagine though it's it's applicable everywhere. When you order everything stat, nothing stat. Yeah, yeah. When you order everything stat, nothing stat. That could be, or when you're when you're yelling, it's all yelling. When you're when you're always yelling, it's not yelling. Yeah, I learned that. Uh, that's like true for coaching. Oh yeah, it becomes like that, white or, noise. How could I learned they, that. How could they hear you? Yeah, I'm much better coach than I was before, and now I'm like very. Before I was like very like you know, pretty aggressive with like just like the tone. And now I'm like very calm 
I'm very calm. I try to be very calm. And then when I do like naturally become a little more aggressive, I just notice like, okay, like, yeah, this is like a thing. Now, like I get a little bit better response. Do you know who Teddy, Teddy Atlas is? Are you yeah. Oh, yeah. I know Teddy Atlas. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Teddy Atlas is a great example of like you can't just yell all the time. Like especially him because it's like in between rounds with fighters. Like they're getting blasted in the head. Yeah. They can't even really understand all these words. That one speech was weird. You see that one speech where he's talking about the firemen and the fire and all that stuff? No, but I'm going to oh, watch look that it. up. Like, yeah. It's, it's like, come on, man. I just watched him uh, in the corner for Timothy Bradley against uh, Rios. Brandon Rios. Okay. And like, I don't know who that is, but yeah, this guy got knocked out by Timothy Bradley. It yeah. was the first fight though with Teddy Atlas in the corner. Yeah, uh, I forget who was training him before, but like, oh man, like he was just like giving him really good but complicated boxing advice. Yeah, and then but then being like, come on, we're gonna and like and then like. Tim Bradley's like really intense guy who's like who used to be a football player. So yeah. he's like totally into it, but he's getting hit in the head. So he's like trying to respond to it, but he's like kind of saying the wrong yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. I cannot imagine. I cannot imagine. Um, all right. So you've been doing it almost year nine. Yeah. Okay. Something like that. So are you are you like oh this is always like something I, I think it's interesting. Is comedy like do you have like your life and then comedy is this really cool like artistic hobby or are you a comedian? Are you this artistic comedian and this life is happening to support the pursuit of the comedy? I am definitely not a comedian first where I'm a person first, but there's a thing about doing comedy where sometimes it can feel like you're a comedian first because it's a lot harder to not do comedy than other things. Mm -hmm. Like it's pretty easy to p play pickup basketball and then not do it for years. <laughs> That's very true. Um, yeah, it's very true. Some people do comedy like that. And I mean, I'm trying to kind of be one of those people in a sense where I'm trying to right now do comedy in places that I want to do comedy. I'm trying to do comedy in places that encourage the type of yeah. stuff that I want to see. Where are you finding those places at? No, they don't exist. <laughs> Inside my imagination, where I'm headlining seven nights a week. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I'll, no, I'm not headlining in Inside My Imagination because there's tons of other good comics that I see at other iffy places. But then I'm like, oh, wow, they're doing stuff that's like way exciting yeah. to me. And of course, those are like, I don't know if you know, like Stuart Huff. That'd be a good example yeah. of, of like, I mean, he's from the South, but he comes here a lot and he's a headliner of like, so like if people know headliners or like of like someone who's like very good, everyone who listens to him seems to agree that he's very good, but he's like, in terms of if you were an agent or something, you're like trying to make him succeed commercially. You're like, this is too cerebral. Don't stop, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, do something different yeah. almost. Right. But it's like, no, that'd be the worst advice. He's doing great comedy. Uh, and, and there's lots of, uh, more people like him that aren't always encouraged to do places. But like, if he would say, like, I think you go by him, uh, his favorite place is the comedy attic in Bloomington. And so it's like, okay, yeah, that's, you know, that's definitely a place that like a lot of people that I like seem to think is one of the better places. And okay. so when, and what, okay. So something that you like, if you had to like bullet point a venue that John likes, what would be the five dashes under it? 
Well, my dashes might not line up with the actual venues that I like, but I can definitely tell you what in my head I've yeah, seen you're, yeah. that would work is, and they're, they're not revolutionary. They're things I've gotten from other people. Low ceilings, dark candles, actual candles. Sometimes it's not possible. Fake candles totally are from the dollar store and legit and work okay. and do the same thing right. without the fire hazard. But it's still yeah. better to get real candles. In yeah. some states, it's not a big deal. You can put the real candles. Hell yeah. Okay. Oh, my God. Uh, small, small tables, not where like uh, you don't want a big table together. Even like, yeah, that's probably more convenient. For, but it's like, no, you don't. Like that. It's got to be special. If, if you're familiar with Todd Glass... Whatever he I says, am, yeah. he's a very, he's famous for spending extra time getting the room just right. And uh, one time someone messed up the room that he'd spent, you know, a club that he was working the weekend and he got there on Thursday before the Friday shows or whatever, yeah. spent two hours getting the place perfect, went to go get tacos or something. And he comes back and one of his friends who was with him had like rearranged the room and he's like, all right, you know, I'm not going to freak out, but I do need everybody to tell me who did this. It took a lot of time, you know? Yeah. And again, I'm not going to freak out because you're going to tell me who did. And so they didn't tell him. And he just <laughs> he freaked out. Yeah. He freaked, you know, because he cares so much about. Yeah. Things what was number right five? Out. What was number five? Um, we got low ceilings, small venue, candles, small tables. I mean, that's pretty good. Four is pretty good. Yeah. Let's go into why. Why low ceilings? Oh, because then the the laughs reflect off the ceilings better. So you can thing. it feels fuller. Yeah, yeah, and uh, the dark is a similar cycle. Like a psychological thing in, in it needing to feel fuller is if you can't hear laughter, then it's you're less likely to laugh. And also, like the low ceilings bounce it all around. So when you're surrounded by laughter, you're like, okay, pretty much everyone's laughing. I'm safe to laugh. But it's when in the dark, you're also like, oh, okay. I can't really see everyone. It seems like everyone's laughing. They probably can't see me. Cool. We, we're safe to laugh. Yeah, and when people are, are laughing, I notice, like, I, I notice this. I mean, I, this is not a revolutionary thought by any means, but when our people are laughing and, it's, and it seems to be catching, you get more confidence. And, like, then you start taking chances and you start goofing. You start just, like, goofing around and having fun. And then, it, and then it just like it's like an exponential. It's great. So I totally get that. That makes a lot of sense. Why the candles? Because it should feel special to the audience coming in, and because most people. So it's like an event. Most people have never seen comedy before. Most people seeing comedy, it's their first time. Yeah. And now, how, okay. So I'm sorry to cut you off. No, you're cool. So. Uh, as like you know more comedians get involved and all this stuff and i've just seen this my you've been doing this way longer but you know i've seen people and the comedians and producing and i've seen all these you know more and more shows are popping up and a new person comes in and they start running a show and you know we've we've had uh you know i've had a lot of uh a podcast with some producers i've been doing it for a while and like running local shows and they're sometimes they can get frustrated because these people these new people will come and produce a show and it's not really great quality and then it kind of it, then people get a, a little bit of an idea that that's what all the shows are like and so you know on and on so if you're trying to make comedy special and but at the same time earlier you had said you know you you see you saw a need for more mic time how do you have enough mic time for everyone to grow and develop but yet keep it special like how do you do those things little things like the candles and two, 
uh, I should put this charge and cover mm-hmm. makes a huge difference. Charge five dollars versus having it free, and everyone suddenly pays more attention. Even yeah. if it's a little negative, that's good too. Yeah. I yeah. don't mind a little negative attention if they're actually paying attention and they're being like, "Oh, I'm going to scrutinize this and make sure it's good." Yeah, good. That's how close you should be paying attention to ideally get all the jokes. Yeah, it works out great. Love now, it. do you? What about at the at the barbecue place? Is that a, like how do you how do you run that? Poorly. I hate it. <laughs> I might also have someone else take that over because, again, like I said, all these things about what, like, I I have all these very strong beliefs kind of about things that make a show better. And as much as they've been very supportive and excited to have comedy there, they haven't been willing or able to do all the things that I want them to do. And so that becomes maddening to me over time. Uh, So it's it's, it's not initially the talks... You know, you come in, you got a show, but as you thought it would have cr- progressed in a little bit different way and it hasn't gone the way you'd like it. Well, here's the thing. Uh, shout out to Lauren Uholic. She's the person who gave me the show. They, yeah. they worked with her before. And you know, she's like, oh, I, know, I do it in summer. Oh, I can't do it in summer. I go to uh, Florida every summer. Yeah. And she's done for years. And so she said, I, you know, a guy used to do uh, where she had an open mic at Planet Ant in yeah. Ghost Light where she would uh cook breakfast yeah i love that yeah and so i was like i love that yeah i was i was hosting that a whole bunch she's like oh i remember he used to do that that. you know and i think he lives in clausen because you know i did uh cave yes and i was like well technically troy but yeah sure what do you know what do you want yeah you know i really feel like you you pushed me out of the hosting hosting open mic scene in clausen no i'm totally kidding I'm totally kidding. You gotta come back because I don't I'm have totally it in me anymore. Kidding. I'm totally kidding. I'm totally kidding. I'm totally kidding. All right, keep going, keep going, keep going. Uh yeah. The, 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 oh yeah. So like and so she kind of told me what like they've had this idea in their head of what they wanted already. Yeah. And so as much as they've been nice to me and kind to me and and cordial and did things that it was like other venues wouldn't do that I was like super happy that they did for me to make the show better. There were other things that didn't line up with their original idea of how to do the show. And they're like, oh, well, you don't have to do the show. You know, they weren't like, oh, well, we can do that. Or we're, we're t- it was just kind of like, oh, no, we're not. You know, that's not how we envisioned it. And yeah. we want this, you know, we kind of want it this specific way. This is what was what was the one like sticking point? I want a separate room. How I would they do that, though? A curtain. Oh, and they're like, no, that you know, and I understand it being too much hassle, but I'm like, you have no clue how much that would mean to me. Yeah. Um, sort of like separate that back room. Yeah, or just so we're in a separate area uh, would be huge, and that's another thing. And that's that how you would charge a cover, too, right? Yeah, but I wouldn't charge a cover with. I mean, like, I kind of would almost want to, but I think they would hate that and not want that, and they're like, that's why we're paying you, so you don't have to charge a cover, and I'm like, ah. Uh, I'm not really charging a cover to make money. I'm charging a cover to make the show better. Yeah. Yeah. And so I didn't even bring that, but it was like, I probably would have eventually been like, let me charge a cover. Shit, I'll give you the cover. Yeah. Just yeah. let me charge, you know, the cover. The, the act of $3. Yeah. Just yeah. the act of buying a ticket. Yeah. 100%. Because especially, too, it's like, it's a family barbecue restaurant that's outside. Yeah. And so they're kind of like, we're just trying to eat near the thing, you know? Like, why are you s- demanding an, a, a, a certain code of behavior from us watching you? Yeah. You're yeah. just in this mostly public space. You're saying you're on stage. You're at the same height as us. There yeah. you go, stage. I always get really interested when I see 
uh, and tell me how you handle this. And I, uh, you know, I, I, I don't have the skills to really address it. So I usually stay out of it, even if it's going on during my set. But, you know, when you go to these places that it is free to get in and it may be at a bar and people are just at the bar, they've gone to work, they've worked hard and they're just there hanging out and they're with their friends and they went to the specific place that they're there way more than you are. And they're just, you know, having conversation. And then people, I see like comics getting mad about it and addressing it during their set. And I'm just like, ooh, like, how do you feel about that? Like, what, what do you, how do you handle that? Well, specifically at Woodpile, I used to handle it very well, very professionally and very smoothly. Where at the beginning of every show, I would kind of address what was happening. And during the announcement, I'd, you know, like, so I'm saying very smoothly, it'd be, I'd, I'd be internally a panicked mess, but externally would play it off what I think other people perceived as very smoothly yeah. because I dress, I called what was happening out right away. And then so like kind of, I got everyone paying attention and usually a little laugh when I did that and then kind of address too what we were doing, what was happening and how that like, you know, like I would kind of like fake play off usually some variation of fake playing on the risk involved where I'm like, you might hate this so much and we might have such a horror, you know, like, but really what was actually going on was it might be mildly awkward and inconvenient for both people. Right. Yeah. Like I kind of act like, Oh, you know, like you're going to, Oh, we're going to, you know, and so it's like, I'm not necessarily ingratiating myself to them, but I am kind of being like, playing up on fears that are real but acting more like oh no what if you guys don't like a you know yeah. that kind of usually made them uh, very much at ease yeah and then kind of with that i was also kind of parsing out who was there why they were there what's going on yeah. uh well a lot of times there were it's it, it, it just got weirder and weirder because i got all the signs up in there and as, as it's going on the Almost all the time, every time the people are sitting in there looking at these signs and like, we're starting the show and I start the show and like, who knew there was going to be a comedy? No one. Yeah. <laughs> who is just finding this out right now? Yeah. 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 I'm like, oh, every single, every single person like, no, so no one's seen these signs that are surrounding you. These little things at your table saying, yeah, first and third Thursdays, this is comedy, you know, yeah. here's yeah. the comedy show. And so it became more and more difficult for me to like properly address that and too because after a while it was like well i don't like the 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 last one we had and i I need to talk to, to to everyone about this uh is that we had uh some comedians show up to to do their thing and we had like five or so people and it was bad weather like a weird like snowstorm yeah. thing and so there was people in there that were like huddled in the little area eating their food. <laughs> and I kind of was like, to, you know, ask them, you know, if they, anyone knew that comedy was going to happen, you know, where he was there for the, why is everyone there? And they're like, oh, we're just here for barbecue. And so I kind of turned to the comedians. So I, I like basically hadn't tipped my hand that it was a comedy show, but I was like, what's going on? And they're like, yeah, we're just here for food. And so I'm like, okay, they would have said something about the comedy show. I told the comics, hey, yeah. And they would have said something. I was like, do you guys want to perform and they're like not really if we don't have to and i'm like okay cool i'm gonna pay you guys i don't know if they're gonna pay you or whatever yeah and i didn't really talk to them about that but they didn't pay me oh, and wow. so i was like oh wow i went from being like oh i didn't really want to be like involved in all this and actually 
like making money every week from this, like in a, in a real way where I'm like, yeah. no, I want to spread around to like, oh no, I've lost money on this. Yeah, I'm actually yeah. negative on this and no one really talked about it. But it was also kind of like, I imagine that they would have paid me if I alienated their five customers and alienated my five comics and made him go on a one v one bat because like, that's bad. One v one, even yeah. odds. Yeah, uh, but also too that the it's not even odds because the whole audience they're not a real audience. They're just unsuspecting bystanders yeah. who are now forced to play at the hardest version, the one v one version. That is of comedy. Oh, you know, and so it's like Cave can be that one v one. Yeah, but it's like that's fine because it's like I don't know. It was it, it was just very weird. Where it's like okay, I don't you know, and that was like you know it'd been going on all summer. Where it's like, no, I don't have it in me to be like, yeah. yes, uh, we are here to ruin. No, we yeah. are, and you know, especially when they find it, because like it never makes anyone feel better when they're like, what, you're gonna do the thing to matter? Like, well, we have to be here. We're scheduled. And you're like, well, I guess. But then when you're like, no, 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 we're paid to be here. Like they usually like, because it's like if it's a good show and they say we're paid to be here, they're like, oh, that makes sense. They're, you know, but like when it's a no, like a no turnout show, and then we tell them that we're paid to be there. Then they're like, well, you shouldn't be. We didn't enjoy any of this. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, neither did we. Like, the <laughs> Running shows seems tough, man. I, you know, Everybody that I talk to, uh, especially on here, they always say they love it. They hate it. It's like a, a mixed combination. And they say it's, the, it's so, it's exhausting. It's hard. It's nuanced. It's not for the faint of heart. And especially to run those like consistent ones where it's like, you know, everybody can like make a nice run, right? I mean, everyone can like, because you're going to have, you know, initially you're going to get your friends and your family to come to your stuff that you're putting on, especially if you're like. That's never happened for me, but go ahead. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's. that's, that's I'm saying like, not like a necessarily like a show that you're performing, but you're like, hey, I'm putting the show up. I'm running this show. Your friends never came. No, No, I mean, like. And this is maybe a factor of like when you start comedy and stuff and how long you've been doing it. But like you typically have a very short window of when that could happen if you want it to happen. And it's almost always when you you think you want it to happen, but you do not not. looking back at it. You don't. Yeah. 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 So I didn't really do that. And I'm glad I didn't do that. But because I didn't do that, they were just kind of like, oh, no, we asked. We hounded you. Yeah. You know, when could we see? And, and realistically, too, when they were hounding me, if I told them every single time, they wouldn't on. Yeah. People are busy. I always laugh. That I got these one group of friends. We always laugh about it because, you know, uh, one, of the, one of the friends is always like, when's your next show? And I'm like, this day. She's like, okay, great. What about the next one? It's like, exactly. It's like, it can never come. Which is fine. I get it, man. People are busy. People got families and stuff. Um, all right, man. We've, we've almost gone an hour. So I like to always ask this. So you've been doing comedy for eight years. Okay. So usually I'll like, I got a lot of people that have like just started. So I'll be like, where you want to be in a year? But I think, you know, that's kind of like too small of a sample set for you because you've been doing it for so long. So where do you want to be in three years with the, with the comedy? Like what would be a great, like things want, you'd feel like, man, things have gone very well for me. A good mailing list. What does that mean? It's so easy for us to get the best mailing lists of any entertainer or artist at all because a mailing list ideally is only people that are oh, I'm gonna puke in my mouth super fans okay i did puke in my mouth it's uh, okay <laughs> and like super fans are going to be interested in stuff like 
this podcast. Yeah. Uh, they're going to be interested in obviously your dates and when you're going on. They're going to be the ones who buy your record if you have a record. Yeah. They're going to be the ones who show up to your paid show. Uh, but it's like without doing stand-up, I don't know how you connect with these super fans. Like if you're a musician, you play at the open mic, right? The same open mic, but you're doing the song. Everyone claps at the end of your song. Everyone comes up and says that was so good. Which one's a super fan? I don't know. Yeah. Could be any of them. Could yeah. be none of them. It's probably none of them. They're pro probably all just being polite. But when we're doing comedy, we're getting so much real-time feedback. And most of that normally comes on the edge of the joke. But a super fan is so easy to spot for us because they're the ones that consistently laugh in a way that seems like heckling. They're constantly during the setups like, oh, my God, Walmart? You went to <laughs> yeah, yeah. Delete that laugh. Uh, <laughs> no, just put a cool guy laugh um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll in there because I don't like to. I don't like ah. laughs. Yeah, ha! <laughs> put my put one of my other ridiculous laughs yeah. in there. Uh, that the, yeah. The, so you want a mailing list? You want like a like a nice following? Yeah, because when you go like and the, and you see these people who are like and then they usually come up to you afterwards and stuff and it's like that's what if you ha that's why it's so good you got this podcast tell them okay my podcast is yeah. called Detroit's Attention Seekers Anonymous ASA Detroit ASA Detroit oh yeah it's called it's Attention Seekers Anonymous Detroit no well ASA Detroit but yeah yeah that's what it's yeah that yeah, ASA is like only the cool people know what ASA stands for okay um, ASA Detroit <laughs> <laughs> but, but you tell them that and then they'll go. And they'll go and follow on that. <laughs> but like yes. the thing is when you're going around, right. And you go to, I, I don't know how much you travel, uh, for other stuff, but when you're traveling yeah. for other stuff, make a habit of doing comedy. These other I places. I'm going, yes, I want but, to. Yeah. I mean, cause you're, you, you're already got there. It sucks probably for work or whatever. And you're like, yeah. you're, Oh, I, I don't like, uh, Wichita. No one does, but they also have open mics. Yeah. And at those open mics, it's like totally different stuff. And totally different people who've never heard your stuff. But the problem is, you're going to Wichita, and as you go there, and you find out, oh, here's the club in Wichita, and you got to work the club, and you and in the club, no one's heard of you, right? And you go there, and it sucks. Even if they pay you, and they're like, you can headline, and, and they got regulars. That's awesome, but they're all regulars. No one knows who you are, so you got to like prove yourself for now, an and it's really hard. Yeah. But if you get a bunch of people at Wichita who show up to you afterwards, and you give them the podcast, the next time you go to Wichita. You still got to go to that same club, but instead of a hundred people who don't know who you are, you got eighty people who don't know who you are, and fifteen people because those people brought friends yeah. who know who you are. And then eventually, like the, you, you're at somewhere where like Gary Goldman is, right? You know, probably Gary yeah. Goldman, the same, oh, yeah. where he's going doing the clubs like Ann Arbor Showcase or whatever. But he's been doing them so many times and building up his mailing list basically that when he goes there, it's just a regular club where anyone can go, but almost 80% of the people not just know who he is, love him. Yeah. They love him dearly and they're there specifically to see him. So if in three years cool. I can get a, a good mailing list, I can do anything I want. Yeah. And when I talk all this good shit about like, oh, special rooms that are good and arts, you know, like I, w I want to support rooms that support the type of comedy that I think that inspires. Like, yeah. like that 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 can only happen if i actually make my own yeah. audience even even if i'm like i can come at a level and make but like honestly the comedy attic like not like 
they're not listening, thank God, right? Because uh, like I would, I would actually love to work for them, but I would much rather get a mailing list from people who go there and get only, it's not the best of the best, but it's the best for me, the yeah. people who actually love me. Because uh, that's even better than the ones who are just cool and whatever, yeah. and the, and like, and because I'm doing extra weird, you know, I'm not getting less weird. I'm getting more weird, hard. And it's like, I guess some of it's I've already been weird, but I'm discovering how f-ing weird I am. So it's yeah. like, it's it's extra important for someone like me, even though I highly recommend everyone do it. It's that's insane awesome, man. Not to. That's a great answer. Um, we did an hour, man. Cheers. Thank you. I oh, hope you had a decent time. I had fun, man. I'm All glad right, good. I just my friend. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. I honestly feel like I got more to say, and I, you know, I didn't get to say it all. Can I? I, I, I had some did. person I brought here. I'm like, dude, shut up and let me tell about this art. I loved it. I loved it, man. I loved it. Oh my god. actors with guns and landing like Michael after slamming the dunk on the runway to heaven, because that's where Kevin is from. Like I was sent from the sun, setting the gap from the slum Never letting all the stress overcome, it's a blessing And that's no question, so guessing is dumb But hold up, one second, cause the lesson isn't done I've been messing with these hi-hats, kicks and drums But started way after I crafted some lyrics when young So don't think for one second you're comparing the cunning Just think for one second, stop staring and fronting What's really big? What's really good, what's really hood, what's really poppin', what really should be These imposters really want it, they really could Get it, man, forget it, I wish they would What's really big, what's really good, what's really hood, what's really poppin', what really should be These imposters really want it, they really could Get it, man, forget it, I wish they would